the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome everybody to another edition of your favorite sermon debrief podcast from Liberty Collingswood, i.e. the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem. I am here with my friend Blake Smithley. Blake, how are you? I'm good. It's good to <laughs> share with all of you. <laughs> I was trying to think, Blake, is this the second time you've been? Yeah, so time. It, 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 it was the a sermon during our Lenten season last yep. year. Uh, and Blake, for just to say that sermon has stayed with me since when you preached it last, last year as part of our racial justice and reconciliation series. And Blake, you gave a great sermon then, and you also gave a great sermon a couple days ago from Genesis 8, 1 to 19. So that's why we're having you back on. Any other words of wisdom in terms of Philadelphia sports fandom to the, <laughs> to, oh, to the listening audience it's, until we... It's, a, well, it's, it's nice to be uh, back tied, right? 2-2 two, two to, for tonight. And... That's right. We'll see how that goes. And, and if you're listening to it, this, it's already happened and you know what, what happened. So that's true. Podcast dropping on Wednesday morning. We're recording on Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> Sixers are going into their game five against, against the heat. Blake and I are, are united and having very strong mixed feelings about being a Philadelphia sports yeah. fan. <laughs> uh, but, but, but that's a different podcast. And we are talking about, Blake, your sermon from Genesis 8, 1 to 19. Let's call it Stormy Monday. Give me some, give me some orientation. This, this sermon text was part of the series, so this wasn't a, Blake, pick whatever you want to preach on, but it was slotted in here. And yet, yeah, give us some orientation. What, were you, what was going on in your life and heart as you were constructing this message? Yeah, as, uh, you know, just reading through uh, Genesis 8, uh, multiple times over the past couple of weeks, as long as right. I've known um, that I was going to do this. Um, <clears throat> I just, uh, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, I, I love the whole story of Noah. Um, you know, part of the excitement is kind of like, okay, what, you know, what did Jim talk about? What did Brandon talk about? Right. Like, how can I fit, you know, you know, what, what God's talking to me to share. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I, I think, um, a lot of uh, my, you know, when I do sermons, most of the time when I do sermons, a message, a lesson, um, it always comes out best when it's something that really comes from my heart and from, um, you know, a place that I've, you know, I'm in or I've been in mm-hmm. something that's God's work through me. And I, and I really, right. um, you know, so, I, you know, listening to your sermon last week and talking about, you know, the, the rock bottom, you know, parts of our lives where we're, you know, sometimes you know, not even able to go, not, not even feeling like we can turn to God for help. And, right. um, you know, it really, you know, kind of kicked off my mind and like, yeah, that I've, I've felt that I've been there. I've, um, you know, that's been a part of my life or a part of people that I've loved live love that I've loved live. Mm-hmm. Not quite sure how I said that, but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, 
so yeah, so that really kind of really kicked it off to me that, that I just really wanted to look at that. And then as, you know, as Noah's, you know, starting to come out of the arc with his family and just mm-hmm. seeing that the beauty of, of the, you know, you know, being comforted and, and being gently laid, laid, laid down where, where God wants you yeah. through that was a pretty big, uh, pretty, pretty awesome thing. Yeah, Blake, I felt the various aspects of that when I was listening to your to your sermon. The whole the whole idea of light at the end of the tunnel, I, I, I felt the both end where I forget who it was that originally said that the church is to be a hospital for sinners. And you you certainly and also literally shared a hospital story. It just from a place of deep care and compassion, Blake, I think everybody that listened to the sermon felt like you were a, a fellow sufferer, fellow sinner, kind of talking across a hospital bed to, to people that needed hope. And I thought that you gave people hope from, from the gospel as well. So yeah, uh, an extremely pastorally wise and caring sermon. Anything else in terms of general orientation, Blake, before we jump into Sun Studios, Presence of the Lord, diving into the sermon text a little bit more? Um, uh, I mean, as far as like, uh, you know, um, part of that burden, I think is like, mm-hmm. I think also, uh, you know, uh, as you are in, in your pastoral position, uh, I, I do feel like there's, I have a lot of neighbors and friends and, and coworkers that often tell me stories that are, you know, full of sorrow and full of sadness. And, um, you know, and, and not that I don't think that I'm, there's anything special about me, but, um, but I, I definitely feel like that's a place that God's put me in, in many relationships that yeah. I, I've been able to have be that ear um, and really just kind of uh, bear some of that sadness and, and, you know, whether it's just weeping with them or praying for them, mm-hmm. um, I, I've been, uh, God's used me in that way. And I, and I really feel like that definitely kind of, again, you know, it definitely informs me on, on, as I see Noah and, and his need. For sure. Blake, I would affirm that, that, that is, I mean, it comes through loud and clear. And I, I know a few of the stories and people that, that have kind of shared their burdens and their sufferings and sorrows with you. I'm sure it's only a very small percentage of all the friends and neighbors, uh, coworkers over the years. Uh, but it is, it is a gift of yours to, to be able to carry some of those things. Speaking of carrying and yeah, it's something that I really, that I really appreciate about you. Um, and it definitely felt like that the sermon you gave was was from a place of of empathy and connection years and years ago one of the first sermons that i preached just to give a comparison story by way of negative i i went i went on this extended illustration about how sin is like cancer um and i was just trying to get people to feel the weight of of their sin but i had multiple people come up to me after the service and say Hey Jim, there are a lot of cancer sufferers and survivors in this congregation. You probably didn't make them feel great, right. and and they their their bottom line was talk about things that you know, and it just feels totally false and and 
tone deaf to to speak into difficult situations but without from a place of fellow suffering yeah. and i was like i'm sorry about that <laughs> yeah. but 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 your sermon was the opposite where where it came from a place of deep solidarity with those that that have been in some difficult some difficult but, places and, and i'll defend you a little bit knowing that that's not the that's not wasn't what you were trying to get across <laughs> it, it just it was just you know i think we've all put our foot in our mouth at different times <laughs> maybe maybe not in front of a whole congregation but. <laughs> have, have i got some stories for you in that direction <laughs> that's a that, that could be a whole bonus episode of post Sunday blues trading giving you some stories about my worst foot in the mouth <laughs> moments there have been mm-hmm. some some pretty horrible ones but here we are sun studios presence of the lord the beginning part of of genesis chapter eight and i did appreciate blake how you evidently connected your sermon back to the previous couple from me and Brandon Best about Genesis, which is one of the fascinating things about the Noah story more broadly to me. It takes up a lot of chapters early in Genesis, and there is there is just tons of leisurely details that are given about about this event. What what was it like re-engaging this? You've known the Bible for a long time, Come, coming back and rereading this passage with a sermon in mind this time around, what was there anything that struck you anew or differently? Um, I think uh, I shared a little bit, but one is like seeing, seeing the parallels throughout scriptures, I think is, is a big, yeah. big deal to me. Um, right. And I think uh, as a, as, as somebody who's very scatterbrained like it, it's cool to see like oh this this kind of shows there's a little picture of this and this is a little picture of this mm-hmm. and ultimately as we get to that it's 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 a small glimpse of what what jesus has is has done and is doing for us yeah um so yeah so that that just kind of stuck out to me as i was reading it um and uh on, yeah. on, on that note, Blake, Blake, if I could interject, I loved the, and I don't think I realized the detail that you gave about the word for the ark only appearing again in, in Exodus chapter two with the story of Moses and the basket. Where, where did you find that? And yeah, tell us a little bit more because that was one of, and then you, so you brought the ark to the basket, to the cross really skillfully and compellingly, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think, actually, I think years ago, I read, I, I don't know if it was in a story or a commentary, but I, I kind of read that. And so this week, I, I double checked as much as I could. I'm looking through all these covers. Like, are we sure? Am I sure this is the, the right, you know, the right word? Like, and I, because I've, I'm, I've studied Greek and Hebrew. I wish I had. Um, but everything that I saw in my, you know, um, my strongs and all right. the stuff yeah. that I'm going through. All like, the resources. I'm like, like, yeah, it's, it seems like this is really it. Um, That's really neat. Yes. Yeah, so, so I, so, so it's just one of those neat, you know, little kind of nerd facts that um, I don't think often does. And, and what I admitted was that the word is not at all the same word as the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. which, which does has also has parallels, but it's not the same word um, in the Hebrew. Um, interesting so i wonder is that just a coincidence i wonder how the words came to be same and came to be the same in english even if they're different ones in hebrew 
I know that interesting would be an deep interesting... dive. Helen Wolves, if anybody has any ideas, I'm sure some of Yeah, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. it, it, it's a it's a, a neat parallel, and and I mean, you have the big huge arc, and then you have this tiny little basket with a baby, like like that they that God uses that to do the same process of carrying them to safety and to mm-hmm. uh, to salvation and to to being rescued is um it's just awesome I, I i love the picture yeah and so your your basic outline for the sermon was being carried then the joy of being carried and then our part in in being carried uh, really clear from from the text you developed the light at the at the end of the tunnel idea i really appreciated in the middle of the sermon when you were just talking about how god has given us so many gifts and and that there's so much joy to be had in being carried by God and living living in his world at least for my own part I, I can forget that and lose sight of it so it was some great reminders there uh, you, you don't only have to be exiting the ark to to know that there's a lot of grace and beauty uh, that are gifts to us all around yeah I think that's something that you know I probably could have hit a lot more on and and brought some more into it um because i think that is something that we it's so easy to forget right when when things are going well when you know when we like our job and we you know we have a good review and you know you know people seem to like me and right you know maybe i'm pretty good looking i I don't know all all that stuff (laughs) don't we know that that, that, that we uh (laughs) that we love to kind of feed on We, we kind of forget like oh you know god's done all that god God has, you know, helped me. God has got me here. God has given me a mind that is able to, you know, process things in a certain yeah. way. And you know, just so much stuff that we don't, you know, think about. And you know, uh, you know, the music we love, the uh, the beauty that we see around us. Right. Um, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't put enough time into to worshiping God for that and to uh, to thanking Him for that. For sure. And then also. Blake, later in the sermon, you turned our Noah's being carried in the ark, our being carried by Jesus to the fact that we needed to turn around and do that, do that to, to other people. That was very skillful. And one of the challenges of whether it's a Bible study or sermon, when you get to biblical narrative, is that you need to make some interpretive decisions about like what are some takeaways. And so in the sermon passage from Genesis chapter eight, there are no direct commands to the hearers. There, there are no, Hey, you, you should do this because of this. It's just a cool story, an amazingly cool story. What, what brought you and, and I think some, some upshots that we can derive from a text, they can be more or less apt in terms of, you know, a proper use of scripture. I, I think yours was hundred percent proper. What, what brought you in that direction? Because this is one of those texts that 10 different sermons could have 10 different sets of applications. Why, why this one do you think? Um, yeah, I, I really, uh, um, uh, it's just kind of struck. I, I, I definitely shared the, uh, um, you know, Christ command for us to, to carry you know, to, um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little, a little lost in my thoughts. <laughs> um, um, 
Well, I do think the carrying motif is something that that brings natural connection points, not only to what God does for us, but doing it for other people as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely, the, the verse, and I, I, I'm not remembering the, um, uh, the scripture where it is now, but that to carry one another's burdens. Yeah, um, that's something like Paul in, in Galatians yeah. 6, like bear one another's burdens and in so doing you fulfill the law of christ right i think it's galatians i think yeah um i can't find it in my notes but uh, <laughs> uh but yeah um you know that that definitely sticks out to me that um and really in the and, and actually uh an interesting story um my son carter and i have been uh he's been getting excited about reading the bible together and hmm. so he he decided he wanted to read job um, <laughs> so i was like oh job let's let's talk about job and so <laughs> Um, which it. is an interesting thing to start with an elementary student to 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 kind sure. of look into some some real sorrowful stuff yeah that's real, a, real it's a deep end of the swimming pool yeah so um but just kind of reading through that together with him and and um you know seeing his friends who you know uh, we, we we all give bad advice sometimes mm-hmm. um, but the fact that they're willing to just sit there for seven days and just you know, tear their clothes with them and, and, and be in, in sorrow with them. Like that was a, that's a pretty big deal. Like, yeah. Um, you know, to, to be able to, to cry along somebody that's going through some, some, you know, a loss is, uh, I think it's something that as a, a believer in Jesus, I think we're, we're called to do that. And yeah. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, you know, I, I think we're called to give, um, you know, of our, uh, physical what, what god has physically given us mm-hmm. to give to others in need and um you know whether it's food or shelter or um whatever it is that, that we that we are that god has given us that we can we can share and, and be a part of somebody else's uh, caring that's really good i was having a conversation recently blake i forget the connection that it was in but there's there's been a lot of research and people are continuing to wrap their minds around digital community or community that people find in social media and otherwise, and just what the nature of that community is and how good it is. And there's a couple of different things that it's one of those more than one thing can be true at once, where if you look at something like fandom, uh, there are plenty of people that will say, I, I felt completely alone in the world until I started doing Star Wars cosplay. And I don't mean, I, I, I'm not ridiculing those people, but saying like that, like there's this pocket of fans in our country and in the world that like, these are my people, this is my tribe. These are the, these are the folks that understand me. And there's, there's so many different aspects of you know, community subgroups and subcultures where that's, that's what happens over and over again. So from that perspective, those connections have, in some cases, literally save people's lives because they found other people. But then there's also a ton of research that talks about how like social media community, digital community is good for fun, but not good when you're suffering. <laughs> and when, when, you're, when you're having a hard time, even like really rock bottom times, we need in-person community and we need people to actually be in the room and cry with you. But then there's just also tons of evidence, including anecdotally that as a culture, we're not good at 
sitting with other people in their sorrow. <laughs> There's like a million other things we'd prefer to do. Hopefully not just because we're these people that are hard hearted. We just, but it just freaks us out. We don't know what to do. And yeah. to, to actually, that, yeah, go ahead. I'd say with that social media type of thing, like there's a couple of traps in there of just like, Oh, I can see that somebody's suffering. Yeah. I can pray for them and I can feel it, but like, there's no connection, mm-hmm. um, which is, it, it, I mean, it's negative. Um, but I'd also say that there's, there's definitely opportunities to see like the world as a larger thing than just my, yeah, you know, just my community and just what I see. And mm-hmm. I mean, even when we're, you know, jumping back to our, um, Lenten series last year about mm-hmm. racism like you know I learned so much from you know different people in social yeah. media that I didn't right. I didn't know this stuff was happening yeah um, and, and I was able to grow in, in ways and that so so yeah it's a two-edged sword for sure yeah all, all of the above one other thing on my end from some from the presence of the Lord part and this is this is less of a question but more of a statement I just love the stuff about the dove and mm-hmm. how how noah sends out the dove sends out the dove comes back empty comes back is it an olive branch and then come uh, and then well, comes olive leaf olive leaf i'll think it's all that doves carried around a branch <laughs> drunk just face diving right into the floor <laughs> yeah. itself. All, all would have been lost if that had happened and <laughs> and, and and then the, and then the dove doesn't return a really I think evocative and imagistic way of depicting that the waters are receding and it's, it's safe to come out again. So there, there are so many for all of the horror of the arc, there are some moments of real beauty and restoration within, within the story as well. Yeah. 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 That's a great story. I was one that I like, you know, I I was kind of like, well, do I, put more into the more interpretive into the story of the birds and and i'm sure you might have read some you know different commentaries and oh, sure. there's all kinds of different stuff and i'm like yeah some of them i'm like well that, that's a great thought but i i just don't know how much i can just teach that yeah you know, the one was that the raven was talking about our is, is pointing us to our our old sin nature uh-huh is feeding on debt the dead dead whales and yeah all, all the dead animals and right then the doves are our, our new nature in christ and i was like that sounds great but I, I i just feel like it's a big stretch to make that a sermon that, that's why preaching is harder than it looks people <laughs> and oh, yeah. yeah or the 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 first time the dove went away that was the dove of faith the second time that was the dove of love the third time right, is right. That was it. It's like what? Yeah. What is going on here? So I, you know, I, yeah. When I read it, I just see a raven and a dove. So. <laughs> um, call and call, call me crazy. Not, <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, they're 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 nice images. I I I, I can't deny that. So sure. <laughs> Bless their hearts. So muddying the waters, as as we talk about a couple of couple of contexts that 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 you engaged or behind the scenes challenges or difficulties blake i i loved i was intrigued by by how you connected being in the ark shut up by the flood with the pandemic and i i think there is 
a connection of emotional resonance there. Could, could you unpack that a little bit more here? Yeah. And I, I, I think I'm, you know, I'm more than willing to be authentic that, that um, I definitely, I mean, the, the beginning of the pandemic was a, a very hard time for myself. And I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to, to share that with, you know, my brothers and sisters and, and, uh, and even from the, uh, from the pulpit that, that that was really a hard time for me. So it's, it's easy for me to see a parallel yeah. of just being shut. I'm mean, going to shut up in my house and, you know, I would walk around the house, but I wasn't talking to people and I wasn't at my job. And I, um, you know, it, it was, it was just, there's just some parallels that I could see there. And I, and mm-hmm. I also realized that, you know, it's a very shallow parallel because, you know, what was going on in my particular instance was nothing like worldwide devastation and, um, you know, yeah, uh, a complete, you know, reset of, of creation. But, um, but there's definitely parallels to that, that, you know, we've, we've, you know, we either know people that have passed or, yeah, you know, know people that have lost relatives and, and, and that definitely weighed heavily on me. I, I thought that was brilliant. And so if it was, and you highlighted this very nicely. So by, by cultural memory, it's 40 days and 40 nights. That was just the rain. And then there was, it was 150 days. And so for, for a preacher to think, what do I have at my fingertips to be able to compare being shut up without a lot of hope for an extended period of time where it's just day after day of the same hopeless drudgery. Mm. I mean, I think pandemic is something that is a recent example that is really heavy and you, you don't have to, you didn't have to sell people on it. Like, Hey, do you remember that pandemic? (laughs) Everybody felt it at some point. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so I think that that was a great two-way image, one that brought us back very easily into the world of the flood, but then it helped people. And, and this is one of the goals of, of preaching, not in manipulative ways, but in my sermons too, Blake, I want people to be able to sit with and connect with their own pain in real time, not because I want them to be hurt all over again. And I don't want to trigger or traumatize or any of those things. But so many times when I've been listening to sermons over the years, it's part of the Holy Spirit working in the ministry of the word where all of these connections are being made in real time, where what I'm hearing about in the sermon is calling to mind uh, my own suffering, my own issues, my own sins, and uh, some of that older language, the Holy Spirit's doing surgery in some of those spaces, heart surgery in some of those spaces. And I'm, I'm sure that was happening in the room this past Sunday as well. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, I really think, uh, you know, going through and look and looking at the cross, like, and seeing what Jesus did that, you know, our relationship with him kind of allows us in that and actually calls us to, to really push into our sorrow and to, push mm-hmm. in and, and to, to feel it in ways that uh, otherwise we want to just run away to alcohol or, you know, something else to, to numb it. 
Yeah. Where in Jesus, we can go to him for healing and for, um, for comfort when nothing else will. Yes. And uh, I've mentioned to people before, so it, it's been said that Christ meets us both as sufferers and as sinners. In my opinion, it's only the cross that gives us the courage in the first place to even take a good full look either at our suffering or our sin in the first place, because apart from the hope of redemption, give me another reason why I want to sit in my own pain (laughs) and, and feel the weight of it. Or why, why, why should I embrace the weight of my own guilt for sin apart from having hope that it's been dealt with on the cross so and to, I would it's say the, without that, it's, it's actually, you know, without that, it's a pretty dangerous thing because yeah, you're, you know, you're really just going to keep spiraling into more and more depression. Right. Um, but, uh, but, but because of Christ, you know, we have the ability to, to have someone that could take our burden. Yeah. I'm going to mention this week at some point of the sermon, how, we need Jesus to, to be our substitute in a couple of different directions. And that it's going to include, I'll talk about like one of the phrases that, that people can use. And I've used it too, is like when there's something heavy in your life in various directions, you've got to quote unquote, put in the work to work through it and get through it, which as far as I go, it goes is absolutely true. But to engage with that from a gospel perspective, I think it's the cross that gives us the ultimate motivation and hope to actually put through, put yourself through all the work and go through all those paces or else it, it might be too heavy for us. And we might not be able to get through the other side without, without grace. And I think like at this point too, like in this conversation um, that, you know, I think pastorally and the church, you know, Church-wise, it's also okay to say that, um, you know, there there also is a mental health that, you know, we need help with. Yep. Um, you know, and, and I'm, you know, there, there's many a church, many churches that would say, you know, going to a doctor and getting a prescription is just not, you know, not biblical and it's against Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that. And, and I think at Liberty Collingswood, um, we recognize, you know, that there is needs for counseling and for um you know for you know a physician to you know check you out there could be you know things that your brain and body chemistry yeah. wise that, that need to be looked at um but still christ is is there and, and he's still the 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 ultimate physician the ultimate healer yep um, but that we can you know use what god has given us yeah that that that's true or on our consistory blake you're one of the elders at liberty collingswood we we so we're budgeting for the next year. Even we, we had a conversation in consistory about how, even though this will be a, not, not in a dire or sky is falling way, but we're, we're, we're pinching our pennies going into the next year, talking about in, in a world of crazy inflation, what, what are some budget categories that we can reduce? And we reduced many of them, but bringing it to the congregation this Sunday, one of the relatively few that we've increased is, is counseling, uh, subsidizing people's counseling because mental health is such a thing. And, and that goes back also to what I said earlier, 
Christ meets us both as sinners and as sufferers, it's so important for churches to have both of those channels. And if you have a, if you have a church or any organization that only, only talks about the suffering and not the sin, you know, there are things that I do wrong and I need to own. The Bible calls that sin. And the the cross is a source for both of those things in different ways. But then also if it's only Jesus meets us as sinners, but there is, but everything's our fault and there's no suffering that isn't directly related to my personal sin patterns one way or another, then we're damaging a lot of people. We're beating them up for stuff where they, they just need help. And so and it's also tricky, you know, because we're, we're embodied souls, just because it's hard to figure out, well, is this a suffering issue or a sin issue? Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't matter. Other times it's like, I'm sure it's both, <laughs> but, yes. but, but, but I need, I need help with both. But then just to be clear that there are other times when there are mental health components that exist separately from sin patterns and we're just, we're just hurting and, and we need help. Well, that's fun <laughs> to, <laughs> to talk about. Let me, let me bring you down. <laughs> yeah. uh, good talk, everybody. And then also under Mudding the Waters, Blake, I, I appreciated how at the end you made the point. And as, as you were first talking about it, not in a strong way, I began to slightly disagree or say, wait a second, I'm not sure that's true. But then listening a little bit more as like Blake is absolutely correct about this. When you, when, when you said we don't want to be carried and uh, the, I think my, my initial reaction of, Hey, I'm not quite sure about that. I think in, in a lot of good ways, culturally speaking, admitting that you need help is less stigmatized than it used to be which which is probably fair even somebody like Simone Biles and the the Olympic gymnasts and other people the athletes feel more comfortable talking about mental health issues but then especially with the examples you gave from the sporting world i my next set of thoughts was no matter what people will say we don't want to be carried <laughs> and there is this this deep and abiding human pridefulness that we want to say that, that we need to do it on our own or else there's something wrong with us, but that's not the whole story. And that's not the gospel story either. So yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit more about why it's okay to be carried by Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, some of that comes from my personality that I, you know, I'm not necessarily the guy that likes to be the upfront, you know, a uh, guy who everybody, you know, turns to. And I, I kind of like to be a little bit behind the scenes. <laughs> yep. And, yep. Um, I like to uh, like to run things by others and say, Hey, does this, this sound all right? Like, yep. Because I'm always afraid I'm, I'm going to go up and say something. Everybody's going to be like, that's definitely not <laughs> what you should have been saying. Up there. <laughs> um, so some of that, you know kind of personality um yeah the, this the, this enneagram three is standing on the other side of that aisle and waving at you right now but <laughs> i i i understand both types go on right right well, i'm jealous of all that so. <laughs> um, um, well i'm just a, yeah. a fraud who's only a facade so go on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then like um you know it wasn't part of the sermon but like 
you know, you can see that even in, you know, uh, I don't know if we're eventually going to get to the the story of the Tower of Babel, right? That or yeah. the people are saying like, look, that's the we plan. Can, we can build all this up. We can, you know, this, this is all us. This is all us. We're doing this. We're going to get to the heavens. Yep. Um, and God's saying like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my job. That's, that's what I do. Hmm. Um, and uh, so I think that's just our natural tendencies. Um, you know, I, I want to feel like I did it. I want to, you know, like even, even, you know, after my sermon Sunday, like I wanted to feel like I did a great job and hmm. I was very thankful for the people that said I did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, uh, I think, you know, thankfully uh, sermon preparation and pro the process of it. Um, like I really do have, have I mean, I'm not a great speaker. I, I fumble around with my words a lot, but I am very thankful that I, I feel like God uh, has given me the ability that I, I, I can share a sermon. That's true. Uh, with, with a lot of his, I mean, I, I really have to give him all the credit because it's again, you know, hopefully it's his words and um, less of mine. Um, so, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do think we, we always want to have the credit. Mm -hmm. We always want to have the, uh, you know, we feel better when we think that we did it on our own or um, we did something better than somebody else. Uh, start comparison, all the compare the comparison game. Um, yeah. At, we're, we're getting into commencement or not. Yeah. Commencement and graduation season. And with, within the anger household, I think, I think Josiah is going to be giving a speech or 12th grader coming coming up with Collingswood graduation and you're not going to hear many graduation speeches that say something like you can't do it on your own right. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna need you're gonna need help because you're not all that that's that that is not our aspirational selves at all it's going to be tons of speeches that are all the you can do it variety and I am thankful I think you are right that that some of that culture has changed since I was a kid. Oh, for uh, sure. Cause you know, I, I think that was a lot of pressure that we had that like, you know, Hey, you can do anything that you dream. Right. Like, well, man, I, that's a lot of pressure. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and so like, if I, you know, if I take that at face value, you know, now in my forties, uh, I'm a failure. Right. Hmm. Cause I didn't make any of my dreams. Right. Yeah. So, as far as being a professional athlete or being, you know, all these things. Um, thankfully, you know, um, God has given me a different set of, um, of values and a different set of, uh, what's, you know, what my value comes from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amen. And I'm in the same boat. Did, did you, and Blake, we're, we're the same age. Did, did you ever watch mad TV? Do you remember that growing up? Yeah. Uh, I did. I, I so, don't remember a lot of it, but I did watch. Yeah. It. So, so, so they had like a fake commercial, kind of like what Saturday Night Live does with, with digital shorts and fake commercials. That right. one of the ones, and I think this is Mad TV and not SNL or something else. There, there was a dating service, which at that point was like mail order. You fill out surveys and phone right. calls and that sort of thing. It's all apps and digitized now but 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 the name of the dating service was lower expectations uh, yes i remember that yeah <laughs> and, i do remember that one I, <laughs> I, I, jingle and everything right lower expectations <laughs> yeah. and, and how, hey the, the 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 one thing that's holding you back in your dating relationships is that your expectations <laughs> are too high but then once i 
signed up for lower expectations. I'm with a horrible person, but I'm completely happy. And the, the, the conceit of the joke is that none of us want to have lower expectations. But the flip side is that in human pridefulness and hubris, we can have expectations that are just way too high or too, too, too big for our britches. And the Tower of Babel is a story that comes to us by, by way of warning. And so we need to, I, I think a lot of human or a lot of human problems, that's probably speaking too broadly. A lot of my issues are when I don't size myself up correctly uh, in both directions. So if I think way too highly of myself or have all of these expectations that when they're unmet, I just get angry or jealous or self-defeated. But then there are other times when according to the creation horizon, I'm made in the image of God just as much as anybody else is. And so I should stop thinking that I'm worth less. It, it, it's, it's both. So like the, the, the Christian dating service that we're going to start is going to be called proper expectations. Yeah. It's going to be really expectations big. run by two married men. Probably not. A good idea. <laughs> it's going to be, well, maybe gonna... it is. We've actually, it worked out. <laughs> jury's still out our wives are all kind of like i can't believe this <laughs> yeah what is going on the, so the, the 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 waters have been sufficiently muddied from my end are there any right. are, are there any other thoughts no from here good. okay bar band cover tunes blake after easter i think sunday afternoon the sunday afternoon of easter you had texted me a song related to the sermon text that I preached on that morning from, from and, Andrew Peterson, yeah. he is worthy or who is worthy. I forgot. I forget that. Uh, he is worthy. He yeah, is worthy. I think so. So, so you've, you've, you've been on quite the role with Andrew Peterson yeah. and, yeah, he, and I, I mean, I, I'm not like a huge, like, like I know you have, you know, all the music, all the stuff like, Oh, stop it. Andrew Peterson is pretty much the only guy that I'm going out in the living. Like you gotta listen to this guy. I really <laughs> love him. Like, yeah. I, th- I like a lot of music, but there's not there's not a lot that I'm kind of like rah rah. I'm gonna be their cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, no, own it. So 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 this is this is your stop, drop, and roll musical artist, including yeah. was the title of this song "Rain." The rain uh, is falling. The rain. Uh, the rain is falling. Yeah. The rain is falling. The so often. I'll, I'll tell younger preachers, be, be careful when you quote song lyrics, because song lyrics don't always translate in sermons when, hey, this was really powerful to you. But if, if the lyrics can't stand on their own, you can't import your emotional experience the first time you heard these words to your listeners. But this... Rain keeps the, falling, sorry. <laughs> rain keeps falling. With, right. with this song, Blake the andrew peterson just kicked that ball through the goalposts <laughs> it was like yeah. just really really beautiful beautiful words and sentiments tell me more yeah i, I and i i suggest you know i would suggest you know finding on spotify or whatever and yeah. listening to a bunch of his stuff because he uh he just has a lot of beautiful things and i think he uh like i know you appreciate great authors and and you read, you know, tons of books and you come with these poems. I'm always <laughs> like, uh, I don't read that much, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think he's just a great writer. He actually writes, yeah. uh, he writes uh, fantasy books as well uh, that 
kind of uh, you know like a um almost like a lion the witch of the wardrobe yeah type of thing and and uh, i just think he's a he's a very talented guy mm-hmm. um and yeah and this one just kind of stuck out as just like he's sharing his you know low moments and, mm-hmm. and um i think he does it very you know beautifully with his words yeah um, i really suggest uh to listen to his resurrection letters i i, I was gonna I ask is is there is that a what like which albums or if people want to listen to more of andrew peterson so resurrection letters which one this is on on okay the frank keeps falling yeah but the resurrection letters um i think he is worthy is on that but uh you know especially around easter is just like you know just beautiful he 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 just can really capture like uh what christ has done for him mm-hmm. and what, what christ has done on the cross and um uh, he does a uh, whole song about Hosea, um, huh. which is, you know, it's actually some, some beautiful, like, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of, he's got a lot of good stuff. I, I suggest mm. checking it out. Okay. Very good. So, so, so that Peterson reference was awesome. And I'm trying to think, did, did you have any other, other things that, no, that's, that you... pro, that's the only reference reference I had. Gotcha. Um, and then other than that, just some stories. And okay, yeah. well, let's let's go on to guitar slim pickings because I had a, I had a note here, Blake, to say that was a great opening story in the sermon about you being taken along the Cooper River by <laughs> by your dad. Yeah. People yeah. will never think about the Cooper River the same way. <laughs> <laughs> like this is where Blake's dad carried him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah that that that's awesome what what street did you grow up on in calling i was on harvard ave okay yeah so you had to go down and make that little kind of turn and yeah and you're, you're right down there it was about a block right right and yeah. and, on... and, I, and i have to say for those that go to cooper river now like like there weren't like these beautiful parks and stuff they have over there it oh really just like i mean there was like a there was like a big um stone slab i'm not sure what that was for I uh-huh. never, like busting my face open on that as a toddler um <laughs> but yeah they didn't have like all these cool slides and stuff like we got now <laughs> <laughs> old school jersey the cooper river is just a river you know what do you want yeah. it's a river see it there's water <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 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 you mentioned that uh one day your your point of view was taller than your dad's so yeah yeah how, did, how, how tall is your dad my dad's like maybe five nine five ten okay oh i mean he's a good head shorter than me gotcha gotcha <laughs> yeah. my 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 dad i ended up being about an inch taller than my dad and i was super happy about that but then my brother ended up being an inch taller than me. And so my life just, <laughs> my younger brother came crashing down all over, all, all over again. One, one, one other story. So, so Blake, I, I'm on the other side of Haddon Avenue in Collingswood. So I'll tend to go to Newton Lake a little bit more than, than, than Cooper river. My, my head in the trees kind of story is this was a couple of years ago now, but I remember walking or running around, newton lake and out of nowhere i felt this thing like crash down on my head and it turned out that i was being attacked by a bird and so (laughs) 
so huh. so so there is a specific and it happened was, like no. two or three times in the course of a week <laughs> do you think he was like trying to nest in your hair <laughs> so it, it uh do you know what kind of bird it is it's not super big black but it has those red patches on the shoulders oh yeah of, yeah yeah they're, so, they're beautiful yeah yeah i don't know what it's called <laughs> well they're 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 less beautiful when they're attacking you it, <laughs> it, it had a nest i i don't know if it would have been a mama bird or a, probably a mama bird and so i i think this bird had a screw loose and <laughs> and so so the running trail the the nest was pretty uh, kind of like o- overhung on a branch above one of the places of the running trail and the mama bird for people that ran below would dive bomb <laughs> when and and so so it, but but it was only when I, when I wore certain color hats so I think there could have oh. been like a color thing there when oh, okay <laughs> and but it was also pretty funny when I'd be running and this only happened for over a couple of week period but say if there's somebody 100 yards before me on the same trail or 150 i'd see them coming up on that spot where i would get dive bombed by the by by that bird but they're so far ahead of me that i couldn't call out and so i just also watched them <laughs> get dive bombed up ahead and and, and beca- like if you're just running and not ex- like not expecting it your your body is like totally freaking out like what's going on (laughs) so that's funny anyway my (laughs) my 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 collingswood body of water story is (laughs) is less peaceful and beatific than yours is the so but yeah blake that that was a great story i i also appreciated your story on the gurney or and um yeah just uh you you being transparent with with listeners i thought that was a moment of uh great connection uh yeah with, with i wasn't originally gonna i wasn't originally gonna share that and i thought like uh you know i was just sharing the story of being carried by my dad mm-hmm. and then i thought like you know well there's there's more than just the happy the happy joyous part of it you know i'm yeah. gonna share about some of the the harder part so i figured you know and it, it fit in i, I was being carried on the gurney so yeah it it was it was transparent it was effective it was appropriate and yeah i think i think connect within people listening it it made a lot of personal connections for for them too is there anything else blake from the guitar slim pickens any trivia any hey if i could do that over again something left on the cutting room floor well this i hopefully nobody noticed this when I was up there, but so we, we don't have any uh, new paper. I've been using scrap paper that I got from school. And so I was like worried. Supply chain would, gets you every time. I was worried that people would see on the back of it. I didn't realize this until I printed it out. And I was uh-huh. like going to church, but they had all these, it was like, you know, it's like an elementary school book like uh-huh. paper. And I was like, are people going to think I have these subliminal messages? <laughs> because the one was just a picture of a volcano that said, this is a volcano. <laughs> it's awesome. Another one was just like an eye with an eyebrow saying, this is an eyebrow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. I said, I should have told like the, the teenagers, like, hey, pay attention. There's a special message. You guys got to tell me what it is. At the end. That is awesome. So, <laughs> so, so you're, you're liminal and subliminal at the same time <laughs> during messages. I'm thinking, I don't think it really showed. Um, <laughs> Cause it was against the thing, but 
I was like worried, like every time I flip my page, like, oh, we do this real fast. Like, really? I don't want anybody to, to see, see the, uh, the Jeep is driving. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's hilarious. And I, so, so I was out of town this weekend and I, I, I listened to the sermon actually when I was running, including under the place where I was dive bombed by the bird, I, I was listening to tell my run today and, and I have to go back and watch the video to see if, or like <laughs> take, take some screenshots. Yeah. You, if anybody saw anything, let us know. <laughs> Do you remember um, when it was in the early, in the Halcyon early days of the Chip Kelly era, how he would have his assistant <laughs> yeah. coaches just put up random <laughs> like signs? Yeah. Like weird pictures. And pictures. And stuff. <laughs> so you look back on, on the back of my notes now, look at the va- va- vacuum. <laughs> I see it. It's, Helen was it literally says there's a drawing of a vacuum and it says look at the vacuum. <laughs> oh. There's my elementary school uh coming through. That's awesome. <laughs> I could we we can build on this Blake. Anything else guitar slim slim pickings? Uh no, I don't think so. Um you know, we kind of talked before like I I, I wish I would have been able to um expand more on what what it what it looks like for us to share some of those burdens and, mm-hmm. and um, kind of explore that some more. Um, but one of the things I was just kind of realized every time I, you know, preach, you know, for, for you on a Sunday, I kind of starting to learn, like, I want to put everything in. Them. Like, yeah. You yep. know, like, I'm like, Oh, like, you know, this story in the Bible, like parallels it too. I want to get that in there. And then this, yeah. you know, this, this, you know, scripture, Paul says this, like, how can I get there yep um and i find it like i'm like oh i gotta like cut a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah i'll just be up there for three hours right yeah <laughs> I, and everybody will be asleep quickly <laughs> i i feel that the i'll tell younger preachers that at least in my experience preaching there's there's a flip that switches with no middle ground every sermon i ever do so the first part of a week of sermon preparation is oh no, I'm not going to have any material. I'm not going to have enough material. <laughs> but then instantly it flips to, oh no, I have too much material. That's and correct. there's there's no stasis point where I'm relaxed and <laughs> thinking that this is going to be just fine. Right. It's just there's panic no in yeah. both directions. The excluded, the law of the excluded sermonic <laughs> middle. Oh, that, that's the truth. <laughs> so Helen Wolves, let us know if you have any questions for Blake, if you have other drawings that you would like Blake to include in his <laughs> next sermon from the, from the, from, from the front and, and so on from there. We, we appreciate when you do write in, it is post Sunday blues at gmail.com. And still, we're still, I'm still waiting to get up to five, five star ratings on Spotify so that we can go public and saying that we have five Blake, Blake, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> and, uh, get my phone out. <laughs> This is, this is how we build audience by by pigeonholing guests to, to give ratings and reviews on the spot that's actually not a bad idea but thank you I, for I listening to the habit of giving reviews to things because it's just not ever on my mind so that's really funny the the one yelp review i've i've only given one yelp review and that was when our friend jay at india uh, I was there and, and he said, I'd love it if you could give a Yelp review of our restaurant. And I'm, right. I am not a reviewer, right. but I was like, Jay, I will register for a Yelp account 
and right, right. and and for you give give uh give a five star review but yeah <laughs> but if you are reviewers feel free to 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 give us what you got speaking of what i got i got nothing blake anything else nothing for you for before Very we thankful. wrap up well i it's it's mutual and more blake thank you for your for your leadership at our church for your pastoral presence uh for who you are and for the sermon that you just preached let's do it again how was it that was amazing thanks so much for joining us this has been the post sunday blues a preaching post-mortem production of liberty collingswood go ahead rate review and subscribe and you can find all things liberty collingswood at libertycollingswood.org no more post-Sunday blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. Oh, man, it's killing me. There's a story that we told in it, that you told, and it brought in mind a story that I was like, oh, this isn't, it's not, it's not applicable here. I got to wait till we're done. Yeah. And now I can't remember it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I forget what it was too. I'll probably think of it like in two hours. I'll be like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> look, look, look at us with our middle-aged moments. <laughs>